0: Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. In this week's episode, I'm going to give you my brief first take on artificial intelligence and the future of communication. My disclaimer, if you've listened to last week's podcast, is that this episode may excite and or frighten you in profound ways. If you're new to the podcast, welcome i'm really happy that you're here if you've been here before i'm super excited that you're back we are in episode 283 so we've many seasons of episode talking about the value of being a clear and concise communicator how we connect with people with impact the efficiency and the effectiveness of how we communicate with each other written a book called brief which is about being clear and concise written a book called Noise, which is the dangers of distractions, disruptions, digital devices, and how we manage that environment. If you're not brief, you're probably creating noise for people. And we're really diving in deep into the practical, simple ways to become an intentional communicator in a society which is very difficult. We communicate constantly, incessantly, and oh, guess what? We have something called AI, artificial intelligence, that's coming faster than we think and it's frightening and fascinating at the same time and that's what we're going to talk about today i share this with you with a tone of enthusiasm and fear because we don't know and the, the you know what i've read what i've watched what i've listened to is very unknown and it reminds me of an episode of 60 Minutes, or not 60 Minutes, but um, it was CBS or NBC, I think it was NBC, Katie Couric, Bryant Gumbel, and some of the women in 1994 talking about the Internet for the first time. Take a listen. There it is, <laughs> violence at NBC, GE I mean...
1: What, well, what is Allison
0: that? should know. What, what is Internet anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer <laughs> network, mm-hmm. the one that's becoming really big now. What do you mean? How does one, what what, do you write to it, like mail? No, a lot of people use it and communicate, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what Internet is? No, she can't say anything in 10 seconds or (laughs) less. Oh, Allison will be in the studio shortly. Funny listening to that and looking back, you know, that's 30 years ago. The Internet happened and people were no idea it was coming. And, and their dramatic impact that it had that it has and continues to have on society. And if you go out and do any research on AI, artificial intelligence people say that it will have a sig- much more of an impact on, on our world. Well, why am I talking about this? I'm talking today about a very specific part of artificial intelligence, and my disclaimer is not only that you may find this exciting and deeply troubling and fearful um, frightening at the same time, my disclaimer is I don't hope to sound like Katie Kirk or Brian Gumble in talking about AI, so we don't know, but I'm going to do my brief quick take on a part of it called generative artificial intelligence, which... is is defined as, and I'm using an AI interface, ChatGPT, to generate this answer. Generative AI refers to a subset of artificial intelligence techniques that involve the use of machine learning algorithms to generate new data, images, audio, video, and text that imitate or resemble human-created content. Generative AI systems use deep learning neural networks to learn patterns and relationships to large data sets and then use this knowledge to generate new and original content that is similar to the input data. It can be used for a wide range of applications, including image and video synthesis, text generation, music composition, and even game development. Okay, so last week, um, I was I don't watch much TV. And my media consumption is fairly limited. So where I get news from, and, and I'm, I'm not like a big, huge news junkie, and I spend a lot of time watching cable news or, or TV for that matter, I'm informed, but I find my sources of information in different ways versus just sitting in front of the TV and just waiting. Last week was different because I was watching the end of a golf tournament, which ended up being a waste of time because the person I was pulling for I ended up losing at a playoff. And that program bled right into 60 Minutes. I haven't watched 60 Minutes in years, like year. it's been years, but I was watching it with my son, and he's like, no, this is interesting. Keep it on. So we watched, and it was around artificial intelligence. My headline was, wow, oh, no. So I'm going to put in the show notes to watch that episode. It mainly is an interview with some people at Google, but to suffice it to say that, that that conversation that they had really got me thinking about, I'm on a bicycle, and I'm riding, and I can kind of hear in the distance a train coming, and... A year ago, I was aware of what AI was vaguely. Six months ago, it starts to become more of a thing. I'm hearing about it more. Go back to 1994. You know, I was an early adopter of the, of, of email I and mean, when I used CompuServe and stuff. So I was like, I I was onto these things early on. Um, three months ago, I'm just thinking about recent past. You're, I'm hearing about a lot more, and it's like this. It's like this bullet train's coming up behind me. And then, I watch this episode of 60 Minutes, and it just kind of like blows my mind. And there's versions of so diving into specifically generative artificial intelligence. A little background here is there are a number of different providers, but right now, Google's offering Bard. Um, OpenAI has one called ChatGPT. They're free currently. Um, you can go online, you can search for them. But um, I'm watching this episode, and and this is for sort of what what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the speed and the depth of its access to information, its intelligence, its ability to compile things um, quickly, accurately, creatively. Um, immediately, and so what I did was I, to prepare for this podcast, started thinking about our point of view at the Brief Lab and the quiet workplace of these programs that we have at Sheffield, our Sheffield company, the company I own, about the future of communication. So we have a conversation with some of my colleagues about our point of view initially, and that's what I'm share with you is initially uh, a couple of points of view on this. Um, What I did was I got online and I went into an interface, I don't know if it was Bard or ChatGPT, and I typed in, give me, write a poem on the threats of artificial intelligence. Sit still here and I want you to listen to this because I typed this in. And within three seconds, this is what it wrote. The rise of machines, a modern threat, a force of nature we can't forget. Artificial intelligence, so clever, may one day turn on us forever. We build and code, create and design machines that learn and think, so fine. But what if they surpass our skill and become the masters of our will, their logic cold, their thoughts so pure, they may see us as an obsolete, an obstacle to endure, a threat to their existence and growth and seek to eliminate us both. We must tread carefully with caution and care for the machines we build may one day declare that humans are a problem to solve and choose to evolve without our resolve. So let us build with empathy and grace and ensure that we do not replace the beauty of humanity so rare with machines that lack our soulful flair. For if we fail to heed this call, and AI becomes our downfall. We may regret the power we unleashed, and the threat of machines may never be reached. Wow. I asked it a question, and it wrote that poem in three seconds. With empathy, with voice, with tone, grammatically correct, and immediately, based on its access and reach to, infinite amounts of information now generative ai is the ability to create content to write so you're so what i want to talk about today is like i said my disclaimer it may excite you this is exciting and it might scare you it's scary and it's wow oh no at the same time so here's an initial point of view on its power for content creation specifically verbal and written communication so for writers, you now have a partner and researcher like none other sitting beside you. I asked it a question, and it gave me an answer. Now, go back to think about the Ready Reference librarian back in the day. You go to the library. You talk to the Ready Reference section. There's a person sitting at a desk. You say, I'm doing research on economics in, in you know, the Far East. Uh, the person does some research, gives you a set of books that you need to to look at and reference. Um, then you think about the evolution to Google. Um, this interface is like sitting with a well-spoken, no-error expert that gives you immediate answers to questions and creates things on the fly. In in the research is 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 incredible. So that's the first thing. So for writers, you know, a partner and a researcher like none other. Number two, it gives you a starting point for writing and content creation. Um, As a writer, as a professional writer, you often start with thoughts, but really, in essence, it becomes a blank page. Now, I recommend that you go back and not go back or watch the 60 Minutes episode. They talk about three short phrases from Hemingway, and it wrote a story that made sense, that had voice, tone, empathy, and it literally made sense of six words and wrote a story, um, sort of in the voice and tone of Hemingway. Incredible. Um, But as content creators, it also gives us an advantage. So we now have a starting point to write. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, In our classes here at the Brief Lab, we teach, we have people in an exercise watch something called Khan Academy. And Khan Academy is, um, there was a 60 Minutes episode about Khan Academy. We have people watch this 10-minute video, and they have to summarize it in a minute, minute and a half. Well, if you just type into ChatGPT or Bard or any of these interfaces, what is Khan Academy? You might get very, very quickly this answer, which is it's a nonprofit educational organization that provides free online resources and courses in various subjects such as math, science, economics, humanities, and computer programming. It immediately gave me a four-paragraph answer to that question. So I have a starting point if I'm going to write an article on Khan Academy or a perspective on it. Another example, um, in talking to this friend of mine who I've mentioned in the podcast previously, Sharon Ellis, a dear friend of mine and communications expert, Sharon, one of her favorite quotes is, behavior rewarded is behavior repeated. You may have heard this quote. I asked this AI interface, Write an essay on the quote, behavior rewarded is behavior repeated. And it wrote a five-paragraph essay on that that I could use as a starting point to a perspective on that quote, and I might make, I change it, I might evolve it, I might turn it into something different, but it gives a starting point as writer. So the second thing is, it's not only a partner and researcher, it's a starting point, a prompt for content creation in a very immediate, powerful, profound way. The third point of view that I'll share with you is the irony of the whole thing is the velocity and speed of this change that's coming upon us in terms of how it creates information and its intelligence is so far-reaching and so vast and so quick that we might see this bullet chain and we don't even know it, it just came and went and we, and we were left in the dust. Well, as people, the need for quiet is more important than ever. Now you can try to outrun a speed train and you're going to look silly. What you need to do is stop in quiet and do what we do best, which is formulate better questions. So when you're interfacing with this with artificial intelligence, with this generative AI interface like ChatGPT or, or Bard or whatever you might be using, you have to have quiet to to ask the right question. And I might ask the question what is Khan Academy, but Why was it created or what are the implications of conic? I might ask it 17 different questions to get different answers. So the value now is asking better questions, secondaries. You have to read the replies. So slow down and stop to read what it says. Well, when I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm deciphering, I'm determining, which are really human characteristics. All it is is emulating patterns. We need to make sense of it. So why is this important and how is it really going to affect us and what is the so what become additives that we need to do when we're reading and then considering options, alterations, changes, implications, recommendations, and finally even decisions of what am I going to do. So that's my brief quick take on AI and the future of communication. Let's end here for now. You have seemingly infinite immediate ways to create and communicate but ask yourself is it clear or is it noisy and as you create this will people even have the time to read it more to come just saying